Hello everybody and welcome back Um, Today is I believe it's March 14th About 3.30 in the afternoon Uh, It's a Saturday Coming at you with another new episode Or at least starting it up Um, Let's get into it Let's just jump right into this motherfucker Ozarks What did you guys think? I mean, you guys watched it? It took me a little bit to watch it because I've been busy, and and on top of that, I mean, um, just you know, multiverse of madness happened, and you know, several other things happened. But yeah, I finished the Ozarks, and uh, I liked it. I liked it. Um, again, I you know, ever since I've been privy to this information, there's some. Let me let me just run by you some things I've learned. I have learned that Hollywood, when showing big action sequences and and they have to use a ton of CGI for things such as Transformers, Godzilla, um, you know, big special effects things. I heard that that has to take place at night or raining because that shades a little bit of the imperfection in the creature and it also dulls out uh, visually like if you're trying to keen it, oh, that looks fake. That looks completely CGI. And a lot of things, if it's bright, like, during the day, like, supposedly you can't see. And I understand that. Or it looks fake. But I've been privy to that information that that happens. So if you're ever out there and you're wondering, like, why some things are taking place in the night, especially when it's, like, a chase scene or something, that's why, because the director's are choosing to spend more money into the CGI and hiding things than it is actually to just making it look better daytime. Just that, that's FYI. But another FYI is I'm privy to a lot of big shows, a lot of big dramas, a lot of big television. They leave like these open-ended, leave your mind to wonder but you kind of see things happening, but they don't really clarify what happens. The ending of the Ozarks with um, the son, Jonah, Jonah Bird. Who does he shoot? You, you're you left to believe he shoot to kill Satan, but he may have shot in everybody. He may have even shot in the mom. I mean... There's no telling what he did. There's no telling who he shot. It's possible. He only shot Marty, the dad. But I know him and the dad had a good relationship. But then again, I mean, could he have put his dad out the misery? Based off of what happened? We don't know. I guess that happened in The Sopranos. The Sopranos is a big one. We don't know what happened. Seemed like they were getting. It seemed like the Sopranos. If you watch the end of Sopranos, where they go to the diner, it seems like motherfuckers are rolling on them, but they just squared away everything. But it looks like they were about to be ready to take it out, and they don't leave it open. They leave it open. We'll never get that because the man who played Tony Soprano is now dead, obviously, in real life. Um, and you know, it's been so many years past the Sopranos, but a lot of a lot of shows do that. But that's. You know, up in the air for interpretation. Yeah, it looks like he just straight up shot um, Mel Satan, and you know that was the end of that man's story. But everything they work for now, if if that's the case, but then maybe they didn't shoot. Maybe he didn't shoot him. They they just the gun goes off. Maybe he shot in the air. They don't really clarify what's getting shot. See, the guy had basically said he's going to turn in this evidence to say that the fucking brother died and, you know, they were going to pin it on the family. You know, they had a little... The family bought a... What you would call it, a uh, funeral home, and they had an incinerator. And but with all that said, it's a left up for interpretation. It's what you kind of feel, what you think, what your mind thinks happens. I, I personally don't like it, um, but I understand the show's doing that. Like, 
Just leave it up for interpretation. Don't get no full closure. But that, again, that's another story for another day. The other big surprise, but I don't think it was a big surprise because I kind of felt like she had it coming. Um, Marty told her not to do it. It was going to fuck up a lot of things. Was Ruth killing Javi, Alessandro, and ultimately Ruth dying later in late in the season. Uh, the last seconds, actually. Ruth, uh... She killed Javi, man. I mean... And... To me, the more... The more pressing... The most pressing issue... With her killing Javi was... You just can't kill a drug cartel leader. Uh... It would have been better if she pulled the trigger on him at the jump. From the jump, when she wanted to. She also could have just taken the money and ran. I mean... So I don't blame I don't blame her for wanting to kill Javi, but then then again, Wyatt was also a retard, and so was fucking uh, Darlene was fucking a few screws loose. And, and when I mean retard, I mean they were fucking dumb as rocks, both dumb as shit. And, and actually, they might actually have been mentally challenged. At least both of them, perhaps they probably both were. And I know that the retarded word is hot topic but I don't give a fuck the, to the six people that listen to my the six to ten people that listen to my fucking podcast you know whatever be mad or don't be mad I don't care but nonetheless uh, I kind of feel like Ruth should have Ruth should have made that exit a long time ago um, they were kind of stringing her character along and I guess the actor that plays Ruth I don't know her name but she's been in a lot of movies and a lot of projects and I think the show just latched on to her because she had really she hadn't been really serving a purpose other than she was fucking shit up and why it was with Darlene but honestly Ruth could not get a handle on none of the situation she could not make the money for herself um, she couldn't get rich at any point and she just kept going back to like the streets she was for the streets um she kept going deeper and deeper into the streets with no end in sight. Uh, it took on her whole family and it eventually took her. So I don't really feel bad for her ending. What I don't, the only aspect of the whole thing I didn't like was the sister coming into power when seemingly she didn't earn it. Uh, Omar, I thought Omar was going to get out of it. But he didn't. Re- he his fault was coming too. You could see that with his nephew just chomping at the bit, and everybody could see it. Um, and I knew that he, Omar crossed the line when the nephew was, you know, when he socked the nephew. I mean, I just knew the the nephew was coming to get to get the uncle. So, and what and as much the way the cartel way. I mean, that's just how it goes. Um. He should have killed the nephew right then and there himself. But the fact that he let him live is, um, you know, just part of the game. Part of the game he played. He should have never trusted the FBI. And to me, that's the biggest thing. I don't see, I don't know, I don't understand. And this goes into a deeper topic. If you run drug running throughout the world, why in the fuck are you cooperating with the FBI and the CIA, you know them motherfuckers got the drop on you. And you know motherfuckers are willing to, to turn tail. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, they're not even offering witness protection anymore. It's not like these leaders are disappearing and then, you know, the FBI and the CIA have them and they're taking care of the rest of them. No. Motherfuckers are going to jail. Like, I don't, like, it's been going on for a cool minute. These motherfuckers are going to jail. Dying in prison. Fuck, like, you know, fuck. Like, I mean, and that's, you know, I don't know how long the Mexican cartel era is going to run. I kind of feel like that it only really exists because there's a massive drug problem in the United States. And we really don't want that gangland war type shit here in the streets. 
in the American streets, and, and the government allows it to exist in Mexico. Mexican Mexican government is uh, lets it happen because the cash flow is just insane. Um, lining the pockets of politicians, and I get it. I mean, they need to suck up money any which way. I think the Mexican tourism is a huge industry. The beer is a huge industry. The tequila is a huge industry. Obviously, drugs is a huge industry. But outside of that, I mean, Mexico. What does Mexico produce? You know, they need to come up with something. Can't just be relying just on that. The Mexican government and the Mexican people really need to sit down and think to themselves: What can they offer the world? What can they produce? You know that makes them makes their trade like they need to come out with their version of an iPhone. Um, or something. I mean, they gotta put something forward outside of beer. I mean, but they do have some. That's why. That's why it's too faceted. It's you know. But that you know again. That's another. It's another topic for another day. Going back to the Ozarks. What do I think about the Ozarks? I I, I loved it from the inception, <clears throat> all the way to its closure. The basically four point five season they gave us. Uh, I loved it through and through. Um, you know, I'm glad that I caught it when I first did. I was like, oh, this show is wild from the jump. And then I watched season two, watched season three. I don't think there was a bad season. The season where the brother was there, Ben was there, to me, that might have been the weakest season. But it, it was a really good season nonetheless. Uh, these last seasons really got ramped up. Uh, everybody's dying. People, shit happening left and right. Uh, Marty Bird I mean I'm assuming if you got out of it You know the actor that plays Marty Bird I mean I know him from other movies you know And This was a good role for him I, I think he fit the bill well like As a money launderer And this and that the other thing um, And I can't get over the fact that You know He looks stressed The Wendy Bird, the actor that plays, they look stressed. The kids look stressed. Literally, the entire four seasons, they look they look physically and mentally stressed. You know, and that and that's just a credit to their, and that's why the show's so popular because it's so believable. Their their crafts, you know, their their um, you know, their actors are really good at. It. They really convinced me that. I mean, the show is stressful from, you know, Marty Bird goes from being this, like, it's kind of a goofy character to, he's under, he's stressed out literally the entire time. And to me, I mean, he lets, again, that's much credit to the man's profession. Um, again, the show is good. I, I give it two thumbs up. If you haven't seen it, if you want to binge watch all four seasons, I highly recommend it. Um, if you haven't watched the last season I highly recommend it again it's a fascinating fucking show um two thumbs up I'd probably give the show probably on the higher probably a 9 out of a 10 this last season really drove home like everything really had some big topics you know you know some unforgettable lines you know going on throughout the show there's one liners written through that show like and I know everybody on TikTok, you hear that one? Uh, if you want to stop me, you're going to have to fucking kill me. You know, Ruth, when she does that, there's that. Uh, I love when Hoppy told the, the ladies, like, oh, wow, finally. Shaking the hands with somebody who's killed, whose family's killed more people than mine. You know, in reference to she has fentanyl and Oxycontin and all that. And he's a drug cartel leader. I thought that was classic. I thought that really... That to me, that's to me, that's the balance between the nar- the narc, the cartel world in Mexico and what's going on in the streets of America. Uh, he also referred to America as being just a fucking what did he call it? A bar, a thrift store. <laughs> Everything's for sale, and nothing's of value. You know, it's just a fucking it's a flea market. Um, in this la- last one, uh, in this you know, in these newest episodes. Uh, you know, I love that the fucking. I love he told the guy, you know, what do you want? Uh, anonymous $2 million donation. And I beat the fuck out of you. Or I can give you the donation, but my name goes on the side of the building. 
I mean, that literally, I mean, literally, that's just underneath the surface of most American businesses. But that's how it's run. I mean, you know, the, the phrase is people like bacon. They don't like seeing how it's made. They don't like the process, but they do love the bacon. Um, then, then that's just America in, in, you know, that's just America as is. That that reference, what I just said right now, is just, is America is how we're living these days. Everybody likes the bacon. Fucking tastes delicious. Cook it for breakfast. They like the price. Nobody likes how it's fucking made. Nobody actually wants to go and fucking make bacon because I... You need to go and fucking cut a pig's fucking slit, a pig's throat, carve the fucking pig up, and they just don't like seeing how it's made. People are willing to ignore it. Most people are willing to ignore it. As a matter of fact, not to fucking tip, tip of the cap, PETA, the organization PETA gets fucking slandered and get abused on all fronts. I mean, I'm not the biggest PETA fan, but I do understand what they're trying to say. It's not like I don't understand or I've got a fucking completely... Blind to what fucking Peter is doing. Uh, murder is a family value in America three times a day. You fucking wake up, you have scrambled eggs and bacon. Boom. Fucking kill the pig, eat the chickens. Uh, for lunch, you want to have a fucking uh, turkey sandwich, a fucking roast beef sandwich. You want to have a fucking cheeseburger for lunch. You want to have a hot dog for lunch. Again, that's all processed meat. They fucking somebody killed that shit somewhere. Uh, for dinner, you want to eat fucking a fucking fat ass steak. You want to eat a fucking um, grill up some um, chicken thighs. You want to eat, you know, your everything. And and again, again, most people will be like, "Well, that's just fucking very hippie of you to say." I do eat fucking, but I understand what they're saying. I mean, murder. Is literally a family value that is taught three times a day. It's celebrated. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I understand what Peter's getting at. Um, I don't necessarily agree with all their tactics. I do believe the American society should start to embrace more tofu, more soy products, like soybean, you know. It's a lot of soy products, you know. Again, again. It's not for everybody. I know if you want to fucking sit down and eat like a pack of bacon in the morning and, and your great granddaddy smoked cigarettes and drank beer and ate a pack of bacon for breakfast every morning to live till he's 104, more power to you. I, I don't believe that it does anything for your health. It's not good for you to eat fried bacon every morning. A fucking ham steak for breakfast every Sunday is not healthy. Um, but again... People like the bacon. They just don't like how it's made. And that goes right back to, again, um, just conveyed in this episode. A lot of people don't like the way it's run here. but Or they like the products. You like, you know, you like your fucking Walmart pants. You just don't want to fucking have to fucking sit down and think, wow, there's some fucking kid in China slaved away, you know, making and sewing these pants together for fucking a penny. You just don't want to fucking, you don't want to think about it. You don't want to know how it got here. Just as as long as it got here. And that's what America is. And I really loved how this show represented that. You know, the Ozarks really, it really showed a bright light on many different topics. Again, everything from fentanyl uh, to uh, to our relationship across the border, how the CIA and the FBI do politic around like that, uh, because in theory, if we wanted the drug, the war on drugs to stop, whether it's marijuana, cocaine, fentanyl, fucking opioids, fucking ecstasy, meth, lot, a lot, a lot, the list of drugs goes on and on and on in this fucking country. It's a crazy like I'm surrounded by people. I live next door to people, surrounded by people every day. And every day it kind of boggles the mind. Like, fuck, is everybody but me smoking dope? Is everybody but me out here fucking getting high as shit? I don't know. I don't really know. I don't know what the answer is to that. Um, But there's mountains of cocaine pouring in. Mountains of meth. Mountains of fucking 
Adderall being pushed here and there. There's a fucking an opioid crisis, heroin, fucking ecstasy, fucking acid, fucking LSD, fucking cigarettes, fucking alcohol, like just pouring into this country and pouring into fucking people's bodies, like. And you like I, I I don't really do drugs like I don't barely even smoke weed, I fucking don't pop any pills, I don't fucking secretly snort coke, like I don't do shit. And I'm just like wondering like damn if I might be the only one not doing shit, I literally might be the only one not fucking doing drugs, in this whole goddamn three hundred thirty million plus American citizens. Nothing. And, and I got my mother, I got sisters, I got cousins, I got aunts, uncles. You know, and and that just really highlights in this show the travesty that's going on in the United States. Now, so a figure like Marty Bird is not actually this is actually not far fetched. Like the story is really not that far fetched. It's really not. Uh, I know they had casinos. My my girlfriend works casinos, and again, I didn't. There's another thing I didn't really believe. Um, I didn't really believe that casinos made that much money. I understand Vegas. Vegas has. That's what they do. That's all of Vegas' business. The whole entire city, even the state, is wrapped up in that little area. And they, they made it that way. That's their call to fame. But there's casinos here where I live in California and like that are literally 30 minute, 20, 15, 20 minute drive from me. Racking in anywhere from 20 to 30, 40, 50 million dollars a day. Where does that who like who the fuck is throwing that much money in the casino? Um, that's fucking astonishing. That's just one casino, and there's like several casinos in in the vicinity. Fucking really astonishing to me. And I mean, I'm assuming money can be laundered that way. I'm assuming enough cash goes in and other cash disappears. I mean, I don't know where the fuck all that money comes from. I just can't believe that there's people here where I live that if the casino can just even on the small end take in $20 million that means there's an area here you know Los Angeles has like 10 or 11 million people living in it and I live in the LA area and there's probably a million or two million people on the outskirts of Maybe even like 5 million. Let's say there's 15 million people where I'm living. That means everybody is throwing a dollar. Essentially at the casino. And again, there's more than one casino. And again, I mean, I don't go to the casinos often. I mean, I have been because my girlfriend works and she likes going. But I don't throw that kind of money. Not to where... You know, because not 15 million people go there. I think only maybe... 10, 20,000 people go there. But then again, they're throwing $20,000 each person. That boggles the mind. The, the numbers don't add up, but they somehow are. I can actually see it now. I can see the road. And that's just what the Ozark has done for me. And I kind of feel like you could relate to a lot of shit in those arcs because, you know, it, show, it showcased mental health, it, women's trouble. Wendy Bird went from being getting piped and being fucked. By, you know, her husband's co-worker for cheap thrills to all of a sudden doing the fucking of everything. Um, women's power, women's, you know, there's a lot of things to relate to. There's, again, there's, there's ghetto in the movie. There's also rich high-end, rich shit. There's, you know, it's a lot of different aspects to Ozarks that makes a lot of different sense to people. And I just loved how the show ended. It was a really good show. Um, it ended well. I, I gave it two thumbs up. Like I said, about a nine out of a ten. Uh, the only things I would have done different is I probably would have had. I mean, everybody really wants their people to win, and I don't got a problem with Ruth. But I mean, I I was rooting for Marty the whole time. I don't really know if he came out a winner. Or I think he lost his mind at some point. Um. He turned into basic, in the sense of fucking a capo at one point. And uh, I don't know if that's ever going to leave him. You know. But moving beyond the Ozarks, before, you know, I'm going to pause this here and get back on it. Uh, we're going to talk the Raiders' schedule and their win-loss record. So hang tight while I 
figure that out. So, the Raiders. The 2022 season is on the way. Hang tight. Okay, so back. Let's get to discussing uh, this Raiders schedule and what are my predicts. I think last year I had 9-7 and seven or, you know, 8-9. I think that we played 17. No. 9 and 7 to 16, so uh, 9 and 8 was what I predicted last year. I think we ended up finishing maybe 9 and 8 or maybe 10 and um, 10 and 7, which is exactly what I got as finishing this year. 10 and 7. I could go through the games individually, but I want to talk about. I got them. I got them right here. We're going to. Let me show you. Let me show you. Oh, no. I didn't save it, did I? Oh, yeah, I did. So, we have a couple of preseason games. We got the uh, Hall of Fame game in August versus the Jaguars. Nothing special about that other than we'll be on national TV. We've got another preseason game against the Vikings. Then we go to Miami, and then we're at home for the Patriots final preseason game of the year which means absolutely nothing preseason means absolutely nothing but in, uh, instead of the COVID season rules they went back to having four preseason games which whatever uh, those don't mean nothing those are basically tryouts kind of, as a Raider fan you kind of know who your starters are the only thing you don't know is the rookies um, but I, I think we lose all the preseason games uh, historically we're not good in Miami Patriots might come out and squash us just cause um then, then some people need to make the team over there impress Belichick uh maybe maybe we quit the Vikings one I might actually watch the Hall of Fame game just because the Raiders will be on TV uh whatever that is but hey, maybe we finish one and three Preseason, maybe two and two. Um, and we'll see how it goes. But moving on to the regular season, the September 11th, the NFL starts on Sunday, September 11th. Um, I know they're going to do it up big because of 9 11. Um, that's just kind of how those things happen. But week one in LA versus the San Diego Chargers. <laughs> It's the LA Chargers, but they're still they're still standing as far as I can see. Wow, there is a lot of traffic this morning on the freeways. Uh, against the Chargers, week one, I got it as a win. I think we're gonna come out. I know they're gonna come out on fire. The Chargers as well. They're gonna things need to shake shake for the Chargers. They can't go zero and one to the Raiders to start the season. Um, and I'll tell you why because last year. They had the opportunity to put it on us, and uh, it came up short. And, and what that really means is, what I kind of feel is, the Chargers remember what happened last year, late season, and we were working them pretty good. And you know, if it wasn't for several um, penalties. Miracle fourth down conversions, you know, in overtime that didn't just seemingly didn't want to end. Uh, basically, we bumped them, and I know that's still fresh on their minds because I mean, people were going to sit here and tell you that the Chargers, I mean, Chargers fans could tell you that they would have beaten the Bengals. And what that means is they would have gone under the Super Bowl and maybe even beat the Rams. That's what they're going to tell you. Um, but I don't think so. I don't think they would have gotten past Kansas City or Buffalo or the Rams. It would not have done it. it. Would not have been a magical season. But however, we win that game. I think we're going to come out and win it. I think the Raiders are prepared. And to me, it seems like the Raiders are finally starting to turn the corner on some things. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of I don't want to say it. There's a lot of growing that they did last year, and growing pains. There's a lot of 
things that happened to them during the season that just kind of took them off track a little bit. And uh, and that's not going to happen this season, I don't believe. I, I don't got much faith in Josh McDaniels, but I think he's capable enough of running this team to, you know, victories in some games. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get the job done for us long term, but whatever. Uh, week one, we win. We beat the Chargers in L.A. 1-0. Week two, we come home to play the Arizona Cardinals, and I I wholeheartedly believe we're going to win that game too. Uh, Kyler Murray ended last season kind of um, under the gun a little bit. People are questioning him. People are questioning the team. Um, they struggle. They got absolutely shellacked by the Rams in the playoffs. Um, kind of made them look mediocre. They kind of that's in their head. That's in the head. And I think I don't know who they play week one, but they come to the Raiders week two, and I kind of think the Raiders sneak a win there. Um, just that's how I feel about it. I just kind of feel that they're gonna sneakily lose. We're gonna win that game. They're gonna lose that game. So we're starting off two zero. Then we go to Tennessee, and then I feel like we're gonna get a loss there. Um, I know that Ryan Tannehill may or may not be the answer to to that team, but I think their team is capable enough of putting beating the brakes off of us. Uh, I got that as a loss, so we're two and one there at week three. Coming home for week four is an interesting week. We got uh. We got, uh, why can't I think? Russell Wilson led Broncos coming to Vegas. This is the game I'm trying to go to, week four. It's October the 2nd. Uh, it's the day before my birthday. I'll uh, probably be in Vegas. I, whole, I already booked the hotel. I just got to get the tickets. Um, I think we win this game, yes. Uh, because the Broncos would not have been completely organized by that time. Uh, I think Russell Wilson is still going to be getting a feel of the team. And the team's going to be getting a feel of him. Uh, the Broncos are going to improve. Um, and, and let me backtrack to the Chargers. I think we sweep the Chargers. Um, that I have on my list of things we do. We sweep the Chargers. However, I feel that we split between the Broncos. Um, we split between the Broncos, uh, one and one. We're going to take the first game from them. Late season, we dropped that game to them in Denver because that by that time their team should be rolling. Uh, I kind of feel like Josh McDaniel was there before. They're going to stick it to him. There's a lot of uh, a lot of storylines in there. There's a lot of you know. In case you don't know, Josh McDaniels coached the Broncos um, for a little bit. Beat the Patriots with the Broncos with I believe Jay Cutler. And then, and then they laid, laid an egg the rest, like, eight games. So, um, there's a little bad blood there. So, I think they're going to get a game on us. Uh, but we win game four, week four. Uh, rolling into week five, we go to Kansas City. And I think we're going to get, we're going to lose to Kansas City in Kansas City. Obviously. Um, I just feel like that that's what's going to happen. Uh, so, we're at that point. We're three and two. Then we hit the bye. Uh, coming off the bye, home versus the Texans. Uh, I think that's like week seven. Win that game. The Texans are in complete shambles. We're winning that game easily. We're winning it. And then we, week, I think week eight, we go to Rat New Orleans. Uh, I believe we win that game because, again, the New Orleans Saints are the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I don't really know what quarterback to have. I think Sean uh, Payton is God. No Drew Brees. The team is still intact. However, did 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 Sean Payton retire? I don't know if he did or not. Maybe he didn't. But I know uh, definitely Drew Brees is gone. Um, and they're at quarterback list, so so to speak, currently. Uh, I thought I thought Sean Payton was not gone too. I'm not sure. But it could be. Um, but I think we win that game regardless because we're going to put it to them. We, for some reason, beat the Saints regularly now. 
Like the last two or three times we played, we played them, I think we beat them randomly. The most random of all fucking things, we beat a pretty good team. Uh, this game coming up, I think it's week nine, is probably one of the games that is probably going to hang the Raiders, is going to haunt the Raiders most of the rest of the way through and into the playoffs and we make the playoffs. This is a game against the Jaguars. I, I got us at a loss. Because I feel like we're going to be rolling with confidence and thinking that we're at that time like five and two, and we're gonna we're gonna drop the game against the Jaguars. I don't know why I feel that we're dropping the game against the Jaguars, but I feel like we're dropping the game against the Jaguars. I just feel like we do. We go, I'm gonna go to Jacksonville. We're not really good on the East Coast type of deal. Uh, it's gonna be humid as fuck down there. Um, the kid Trevor Lawrence might be getting gaining traction. They may be a defensive powerhouse. I don't know what the case may be. I feel like that's a trap game for us. We're going to drop it. Um, that at Jaguars game is kind of a tricky one. Moving on from that, I think week 10, we got the Colts. I think we beat the Colts. The Colts are still a little bit of a mess at quarterback uh, position, bouncing around. They can't really get anything going since Peyton Manning. Um, but we do win that game. Um I think we beat them this this go around. They've been good a couple of seasons and been beating us, but I think we beat them now. Uh, week eleven at the Broncos. Hopefully that's week eleven. Yeah, let me see. Yeah, week eleven at the Broncos. I, this is one that again, Russell Wilson should be gaining traction with it. I think we lose at the Broncos. Again, a tight, probably a tight loss, but we dropped the game at the Broncos. And then we roll on to at Seattle week 12 and I think we dropped that game too. And this is a, this is the part of the season where it's going to be really tough because we're going to be losing a couple of games. We lost, I got us losing at the Jaguars, um, losing at the Broncos, losing at Seattle. So in that little tiny stretch, we're going to go one and three. You know. And then we, our game against the Chargers week 13 the great elixirs we win that game and that kind of stop pumps the brakes at you know the criticism what's going on with the teams late dropping games more than we're winning games um but we do beat the chargers because we're at home and the team is going to be the team is going to be feeling the pressure to then turn around i think it's week i don't know let's see week 14 we go to the Rams and we drop another game. So we're going to be dropping one, two, three, four games out of six late season. Very late season. With the three-quarter rain mark. We're going to lose to the Rams. I feel like the Rams are just going to be still riding high off the Super Bowl victory. Um, we're going to lose that one. Then we're going to come home. And, and again, the pressure is going to be mounted on the Raiders to do something. And I think we pull the upset and beat the Patriots at home. I feel that... I mean... I feel like we're going to do it. Josh McDaniels, once again, will we'll get the best of Bill Belichick. Uh, I think the Raiders are going to finally break the Patriot curse. I think we're finally going to beat the Patriots in like 20 years. Um, which is going to bode well for us the rest of the way through. I think we need to exercise this demon... Um, we need to we need to expel this demon um, and I think this is this is the time where we might actually do it we might actually slay the beast so to speak uh, week 15 versus the Patriots uh, I got and I got us doing that that's gonna be a good game it's gonna be a Sunday night game uh, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna do it at Pittsburgh, it's a W because Pittsburgh now is quarterbackless. Uh, the defense hasn't really been good. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs have been flaying them. We've been beating the Steelers for some reason the last couple of seasons. We've been beating them. Or if not, we're in these knuckler games where, like, for whatever reason, like, the best Raiders outings are against Pittsburgh. And that's going to continue. Uh, San Francisco comes to Vegas, which is another interesting game because uh, late season, who knows? But I kind of feel that we beat San Francisco in Vegas. 
just what I feel for beating them. Another. So we start and we get knockoff three in a row. And the last game, which I'm kind of torn about, is against Kansas City. But I think we lose against Kansas City the last game of the year. I don't know if, be it, we just are overconfident at that point. Um, you know, they're going to be fighting for their playoff lives because it's not going to be no. Uh, uh, skate in the park for them either this year, uh, but I think we lose that game, putting us overall at ten and seven. Uh, it's kind of what I feel that's happening in this season. Um, I kind of feel like that's where we're, that's what our record is going to be, ten and seven. And now I don't really mind that record. So it's still a winning season. It's still pretty good. I mean, obviously we'd like to be 11-6, 12-5, Thirteen and four, whatever that I mean, be in the top, but I think ten and seven is right, right where we're gonna be. And um, nine and eight, ten and seven, eleven and six, perhaps. I mean, depends on that game against the Jaguars. But I think you know, overall, if we if we finish ten and seven, that's not enough for the. It might not even enough to be to win the division. I don't think so because you got to figure Kansas City going to be right there with 10, 11 plus wins. Maybe even 12 wins. Again, they're going to be hot. They're going to be a hot team. There's not very many teams standing in their way outside of perhaps maybe Buffalo, maybe us randomly, maybe the Chargers randomly. I think that if they play Cincinnati, they're gonna uh, they'll squash them this time through. Um, Baltimore doesn't. I mean, maybe Baltimore. There's only a handful of teams. There's only a handful of teams. There's only 16 teams, and there's only out of the 16 teams, just based off of strength of roster and strength of coaching. There's only the Bills. Really, you could put ahead of them. Um. And then there's a couple of teams that maybe could do it. Like, we're a maybe. We're a big question mark. The Raiders are a question mark. Cincinnati is a question mark. Baltimore is a question mark. And then outside of that, then it really, and maybe the Chargers is a question mark. Outside of those four teams, then it's like, no way can the Jets beat them. No way can the Dolphins beat them. No way can the Patriots beat them. No way can um, the Colts beat them. No way can the Jaguars beat them. No way can the Browns beat them. No way can... Um, the Steelers beat them. No way can... Um, I don't even know the Broncos, you know, can beat them. I, I just... You, you follow what I'm saying there? I mean, there's there's like no way. There's a lot of teams, there's no way they can beat them. No way. So, the the, the Chiefs are going to do what they do. So, I don't know if 10 wins is going to get us enough to... So, again, we're going to have to play a wild card game on the road versus a great one of these great um, franchises that are going to... And I don't know. I, I just, again, I don't know where we stack the chips when I go, do we win a playoff game? I don't think we get a home playoff game. Uh, I know Vegas wants a home playoff game. I don't know if we get one. Again, I feel it's like we're going on the road, and I kind of feel, again, like these are growing pains that are going to haunt the team. That game against the Jaguars is going to haunt the team. Because I think I think we're, if we get slotted in, we might have to play the Bills. We might have to play some fucking dastardly good team. I mean, I, I looking at the AFC, I kind of got the Bengals probably winning their division. I got the Chiefs winning our division. I've got, I mean, Tennessee... They say, I don't know if we go to Tennessee and win. I don't think so. I got Tennessee winning their division. And then I got... Um, why is there only... Like, there's a fourth division. Who the fuck am I missing? Let's see. Bills, Chiefs, Tennessee, and the Bengals. Bills, Chiefs, Tennessee, Bengals. Okay. Yeah, that's who I got winning their divisions. And I, I don't know if we beat any of those teams on the road. I really don't. We could perhaps beat, like, fucking the Chargers if we play them in the... Or the Broncos or somebody. But I don't really know if we can... We got enough yet to be one of these top teams. So, again, we might get bounced 
first round of the playoffs, we just might. Sucks. That sucks. Kind of hurts to say that, but... These are all predictions. Anything can happen. Derek Carr could go out the first game of the season. Fucking, they could just break his arm. I mean, we don't have a backup quarterback. You know, we don't have anybody there that's a backup. You know, Mariota's gone. Not that, and I don't know why we did that. I mean, I kind of like Mariota on the team. I like that he could run. I like that he could come in and just play the game for us if we needed to. Um, I like that we brought him in on certain packages. I like when Derek was out wide and he was under center. Um, I kind of felt like that was a good little mix of things that going in there. Um, but we shall see. Again, this is just predictions. I'm just talking out my ass, so to speak. Uh, but the Raiders, I think they finished 10-7. I mean, that could be a good season. And I think now... The NFL is now starting to come to the realization that the Raiders uh, are a hot item. And I think now that Mark Davis is building up some some wealth with these Raider tickets, I thought they were going to go down in price. It really didn't. Um, they're still hovering around 300 bucks a ticket. I think the NFL is now realizing that they made a giant mistake in letting the Chargers move into L.A., uh, with the Raiders just sitting right there, pulling double the money out of the LA pool than the LA is pulling with the double team in the pool. If that makes any sense to you, the Raiders are pulling what both the Chargers and Rams are pulling out of LA, and they're pulling it out with half the games. So I think. The NFL is looking at that. I know they're looking at that. And they're looking at trying to figure out how. And there's only one way. You start inviting some of these Raider fans to L.A. Uh, and obviously, there's that the team travel wells type of deal. You hear it all the time on the NFL. Now they're trying to, trying to fight, figure out a way to how to get Raider fans that are spending the $300 of tickets to travel to other stadiums when their team plays there. And that bodes well for the Raiders. It's just overall, it's really good. Um, but I'm gonna pause this here. We're gonna get back and just I'm gonna just wrap up the Raider discussion when I get my mom on my way home. Um, again, we're gonna just go over what I kind of feel going forward with the season, and uh, I'll be right back. Hang tight. Okay, so let's wrap up this Raider discussion. This Raiders fucking 2022 season. That's up and coming. What do I expect? What do you what do you, what to expect? Um hopefully a little late chaos. Seemed like the 2021 season 2020-2021 season last year's fucking chaotic, man. Chaotic. Uh seemed like every other week was a fucking life altering, damaging team shaking, pack it up, pack it in. Even I was like, man, they lost the coach, lost the rugs. They lost six, and I was like, pack it up, and then they somehow make the playoffs. Like, I just hope this season isn't as chaotic, and the players don't have to deal with all of that extra stress. You know, I mean, I know some people are like, they get paid to perform, they get paid to do this, they get their football, how much stress can there be? There's this and that and the other thing, but you, but I mean, there's just a lot of factors into it. Most normal people have co-workers, you know, and for one of them to not show up, you know, come in constantly late or, you know, doing the least while everybody else is doing the most that shit irritates you and and that irritates people you hear it all the time oh this fucking guy uh, you know I don't know how many times I have to tell him that like hey you gotta fucking close the drawers out like this or the go backs go there or you know he just he's always like at 10 o'clock he wants to go home he starts dragging his feet he's always in the bathroom 
Everybody else is working, but he's like lagging off, and it's just so annoying. It's frustrating. Yeah, that's frustrating. But let's talk about having a coworker of yours, one of your favorite coworkers, you know, all of a sudden get involved in a DUI, a fatal DUI accident, and possibly go to the, to prison for a super long time. How would you feel about that trying to go to work the next day? You know? Let's take your manager that hired you, got you this respected job that you're playing, that you're doing, um, you know, he taught you how to do the job one way, and then he gets fired, and he turns out to be some racist asshole, and you're looking at yourself like, oh, fuck, like, this guy that came in brought me aboard his team was this way and now he's gone like and on top of that um what about me is the new guy gonna come in and and, you know then you gotta adjust to the new guy I mean that happens in people's workplaces all the time regional managers come in and throw out the old manager and then you just don't know like damn like our manager got fired like and they want it done this way now You know, and that throws off your whole, you know, they want you to stay 30 minutes after closing. They want you to open 30 minutes before opening. They want you on to, you know, some things that they let slide. Like, okay, you don't need to put all the, clean up the whole, you know, shop before you go. Because the morning crew's got something to do. You know, maybe it's clean up before you go. Leave nothing for the morning crew. You know, and you're like, damn, son, that wasn't how we did it with him, you know. And then you just, you know, then you just, then you losing, losing like five games, I think like in a row we lost at one point. I don't know. We lost a gang of games in a row, you know, to having a new coach come in, to having, you know, just so many different things. Like again, seemingly every week was a different fucking, a different thing, a different chink in the chain different little something else like it was just chaotic you know and I just want there to be a lot less noise coming out of the Raiders that's what I expect this season to just be a lot less noisy um it may be just us winning games and just nothing else just keep the drama and the side shit to to the side uh also to expect I think you're gonna see a whole completely different Landscape of the AFC West. I think the Kansas City Chiefs still the predominant team, not only the AFC on the AFC side of things, but just in the AFC West. But I think every all the three teams: the Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders have. They're not far behind them if they're if they're not far at all. And it could be, it could be this thing that the, can, the Kansas City could easily go zero and six in the division, but as well they could easily go six and zero. It's what you really feel about Kansas City. I don't really feel that defensively they've gotten any better. Offensively, they lost Tyreek Hill. It's a big part of their offense is gone. Uh, but you still got Mahomes. You still got creative Andy Reid. You still got. They got a lot of confidence over there from winning so many fucking games. It's going to be hard to knock that chip off their shoulder. Um, Khalil Mack is now in the blue and yellow, which is sucks. I don't know why Khalil Mack did that. You know, whatever. I mean, maybe he just wanted to stick it to the Raiders. Um, but it was a short-lived stint in Chicago, so I don't really know. Maybe it was just to get out of the Raiders. I mean, I don't blame the guy, you know. He went to go get that money. He got it. Now he's back. But, but he then he chose the LA Chargers. As if the LA Chargers are going to somehow be better than the LA Rams. And he's going to... I'm assuming his career is is going to be tied up with... Now with the, the, Ram, uh, the Chargers for a while. Because... 
of the mistaken fact that he thinks he's going to go from the Raiders to the Bears, completely out of the division, and then back to the Chargers and go from there from where? Back to the Raiders? Nah. I mean, he had choices. He could have done things. Um, you know... So I don't really know what that was all about, but whatever. More power to him. Um, like I said, I think we're going to sweep the Chargers this year. So, you know, and I know much is going to be made of that. Khalil Mack versus Derek Carr, but there's Devontae Adams, but then there's new coach, but it's LA versus Vegas. It's Raiders. Chargers. I know there's a lot of hype for that week one game. And I could just tell you right now that... I think we're going to win it. I don't think easily, but I think we're going to win it. I got us winning that game. You know, it's, it's another home game for the Raiders. The Chargers just don't have no home field advantage anywhere they go. They, they're one of the teams that... I don't feel bad for them, but... That must suck to be booed when you're at home. Booed on the road. Booed every fucking where you go. <laughs> I mean, that's just terrible. Terrible. But that's neither neither here nor there, you know. But I still, I just kind of feel like this is going to be a lot less noisy season for the Raiders. Hopefully that bodes well. Maybe we can get to 11-6, and which I'm hoping, you know. Kind of hoping for 10-7, and 11-6 season. The 11-6 would be great, but I don't think we're getting that. I mean, I, I can see six losses. I can see seven losses. Hell, I could even see eight. Again, a nine and eight season. Um, I don't know. Maybe we finished ten and seven. Last. I don't know what we finished. I don't really care to look that info up, but that's just kind of what I feel. That's overall. I mean, I don't think much is going to happen with this. I don't really know until we can actually smash the division. Uh, we're winning like 13, 12, 11, 12, 13 plus games a year. But we're gonna have to. We would have to exercise and beat up the Chiefs, which I don't know is happening anytime soon. So that's what I kind of feel like. Mm, the future of the Raiders is bright, but it's also it's a long road. Uh, I don't see no Super Bowl this year. I kind of felt that Gruden was tied up with having a Super Bowl. We should have had a Super Bowl already, but or working on it or getting really close. Um, but then we're starting over with another coach, you know, be it not by choice, but by necessity. Um, but I still see, I still see a Super Bowl coming to the Raiders. The NFL is not dumb. Um, and, and it's sneakily, I, I can't stress this enough, but it, every day the Raiders have in existence. Mark Davis is looking like Senator Palpatine moving all the pieces in place, gathering up. I I don't even hear anymore about the Raiders abandoning Oakland or L.A. Those fans from those areas just come to Vegas like I knew they would. And Vegas is a hot destination. Uh, Mark Davis is winning over the Vegas crowd. Um... They built badass stadium. I know the stadium is badass. I've never been to the to the Dallas stadium. I haven't been to SoFi, but the Vegas stadium is badass. And it's probably between those three: Jerry's World, which I don't know where the fuck it's at, but there's not Vegas is not right next door to it. SoFi Stadium, the billion dollar, the couple billion dollar dream, the LA Dream. I know personally, it's in the ghetto, and personally, I wouldn't go there because of the traffic. There's nothing there to do. It's not like you get you walk out the door and there's Kobe Bryant statues. Uh, Hollywood is around the corner. Santa Monica's right there. Not that. Disneyland isn't extorted. Osbury Farm is like, Six Flags not near it. The only thing that's near it is the fucking airport and a lot of houses. And traffic and $500 parking. So... You know, so far isn't really too. Eh, eh. You know, the world's finding out about SoFi Stadium and the NFL's decision to put the T, 
put the teams there where they could have put it somewhere else. They should have put it somewhere else. Or they should not have built it there. But, again, that's another topic for another day. But Vegas is right there. And Raiders are right there. And I think now the NFL has caught wind. The Raider fans have now seen the glory that is Vegas. They've seen the lights are bright. The lights are on and result. Now it's starting to click. And these are moves that Mark Davis has shrewdly, I think, made. You know, if he wasn't going to get L.A., Vegas was in the back pocket. And I think it was even more than the back pocket. I think kind of he sneakily knew L.A. wasn't going to do it. And he said, fuck it, Vegas is there. It's probably better anyways. And now I kind of feel that it is a... It's a bigger, better, bolder move for the Raiders. Look at the... we got a solo stadium. You know... The team is now doing good. We have a winning season. We haven't had any losing seasons yet, but we've had a winning season now. So, um, you know, it's just one of these things. We we got to the playoffs last year and let's see where we dan- where we start dancing going forward. Uh, we got Devontae Adams. You know, I think Davis has made some good moves as far as, you know, I think we, we locked up Carford a little bit more. We got Devontae Adams. Um, you know, got in, I think, a stable head coach. I'm not so so far on Josh McDaniels, but, I mean, he, and again, Davis did right by bringing Gruden to Vegas or to the Raiders. Uh, he exercised all those demons of, you know, why do we let him go, bring Chucky back. He got that out, the, out, that's, we already, you know, it's like a piece of steak that you order, you know, the medium well or just the medium steak with you know all the trimmings and you go to the restaurant you eat it but you don't finish it you put it in the fridge and the next day you're like wow I'm so fucking full but you know you're still full the next day too you're like wow I don't have any but then you go and you get it back and you're like okay I'm gonna eat it again well we finished it I mean Gruden is finished with the Raiders there's never not going to be that thing. Well, we should have gotten Gruden when we could have. We should have gotten Gruden back. He could have done something different. What if we got? We exercised all of those demons right then and there. It's done. Gruden probably never coming back to the NFL in any aspect. Um, I kind of feel like he was blackballed out of the league personally. I don't. You see, for what he said about anybody. I literally don't feel that that warranted his firing because I kind of feel like the NFL is a lot more worse than what Gruden said. Uh, especially, I think he called Roger Goodell a pussy. Um, maybe he made some racist remarks. But I don't really feel... You can't tell me that there's no... There's no other racist head coaches. There's no other... I know. And I know that pussy and... and yeah, I think he even dropped faggot. Um, that, that probably is such common talk in the NFL. It wouldn't surprise me uh, if I went during this spring training, put a microphone in the room and could probably count them the number of times the n-word is dropped um in general the n-word in general uh how many times somebody's been called a fag a bitch you know any other sort of thing like i can just imagine and i don't even have to imagine because i'm you know you go you go to uh you gather up 20 guys and you get them all you go to a gym, find out how they talk in the locker room. You know, see all the shenanigans that go back there. So, I mean, I don't really don't really feel that uh, Gruden did anything that no other coach hasn't done. The I person, that's what I feel. I, I don't think uh, for the NFL trying to say that you know Bill Belichick is all class, all football, no meat or uh, all meat, no potatoes, no fucking trimmings. 
you know, I'm pretty sure Belichick has probably said more than one time to one player, fuck you, you slow-ass punk bitch. Yeah, I'll fuck your mother, you know. You know, I'm pretty sure he's cussed out players, so... You know, any other head coach that's out there that you guys feel is un- untouchable right now that you feel like is hasn't said those things, let me know. <clears throat> but we've gotten past it. We've exercised that demon. So again, credit to Mark Davis. We've exercised that demon. Gruden came back. We had him for a number of years. People were already harping for him to go. And then, boom, he's gone now. That's done. We have a stable quarterback. Boom, done. Got a brand new stadium. Boom. Done. These are all things that Mark Davis... And now I think players are starting to see, okay, the, the team is making money. Tickets are selling. We're getting to the playoffs. They Vegas is a pretty good city to come play in. Things going to happen for the Raiders. So I think long term we will be uh, something, something to watch. So that's what I kind of feel. Those are my predictions for the season. A lot less quiet. Hopefully, a lot less noise and a winning record. So, with all that said, guys, I'm gonna get this posted up here shortly, and uh, I'll catch you guys on the next one. Later's.